Hello, this is Farmer Workplace Podcast. My name is Alex, and today my guests are BJ, Viamos co-founder and chief creative officer, and Adam, head of consultancy and UX at Vimo UK. Adam, BJ, please tell our listeners about yourself. BJ, let's start with you. Oh, well, first of all, thanks, thanks for for um, having having me on. I'm super excited to uh, to finally take part here. Um, this is interesting. Like, tell me a little bit about, about yourself. I um, my wife works uh, with with uh, consultants that are on the spectrum, Asperger's and autism, and that that's the um, that's the worst uh, kind of question you can ask anyone on the spectrum. Like, tell me about yourself. Uh, it's a, the, the most open question you can imagine, and, and the, the hardest one to ask, answer if you need clear and concise. Um, directions so where do you want me to start <laughs> uh i guess professionally well it's it's um yeah you mentioned it co-founders so I've, I've been here since since uh the inception of of, of this uh little uh endeavor uh back in the summer of 2008 so so it's been 15 years and, and some change i think so so uh, that's been pretty much my my life over over a decade and a half um so that's a pretty um not that colorful. Uh, colorful, if you if you look at from from multiple um, jobs or, or companies, it's it's been a single line in my in my resume. But it's been uh, pretty decent and, and cool ride so far. So I serve as chief creative officer. I, I wear many different hats, but but the one thing I do most of the time is I support and track and look after key engagements, key clients, or, or key sales pitches, um, key projects, um, and I. I, I Jump around between markets these days. I'm I'm back in Sweden after uh, for a few years in the U.S. So so um, that's a short description of what I do at at I'll try to do at at work at least. Uh, maybe a little bit about personal life. Uh, uh, what you are up to, and uh, kind of what are your hobbies, um, family and stuff. Yeah. So f- first by. You know, by on paper, I'm a technologist. I, I went to I went to um, engineering school. I spent uh, five years at Chalmers in, in Gothenburg studying uh, engineering physics. So I have a master's degree in engineering physics. So I did, did a ton of math and, and, and physics, and I did a bit of uh, programming. And I actually took a course in in uh, two courses. I think uh, neural nets, neural networks, and and, and uh, genetic programming, as 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 it was called uh, back then. Uh, but but um, I also did a bit of development. Um, but um, that was a long, long time ago. These days, I, I it's a lot of work. Uh, a lot of my life focuses around Vimeo, obviously. But but uh, I have a wife and two kids, uh, two teenage girls. Um, I live here in Stockholm, and and uh, outside of work, I enjoy just reading, music, movies, working out, getting out, moving around. Um, burning off, burning off energy. Favorite movie this year that you saw this year? Yeah, 2024. I mean, it might be movie from I don't know 1980, but uh, that you saw this year for the first time. I watched. Uh, my oldest daughter is in. Uh, she's uh, in school, and she had a movie assignment, so I forced her through Bra- Braveheart the, uh, this weekend, actually. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> It's 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 beautiful and raw and and uh, very. Uh, she was she was a bit surprised over the level of violence that you're not really used to these days. But but uh, yeah, it's a solid piece. I love Braveheart. 
Cool. Uh, thank you, BJ. Um, Adam. Hi. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. I know you are new to Vimo. You uh, uh, you are currently my boss, so <laughs> that uh, that's a little bit of perspective there. But Hopefully for a bit longer, yes. Yeah, maybe maybe you can tell us a little bit about yourself as well. Sure. Um, well, you introduced me as head of C and UX, so. I would I would call it consulting and design. Um, design specifically because I don't think it's just about users. I think that design is a process, and it's a process that can be applied to all sorts of problems, um, not just the problems of users on a website. So I'm a, I'm a big fan of that. Uh, my background is I've spent way too long, over twenty odd years, working with companies to use data within their marketing and communications. Um, and that has obviously become increasingly digital within emails across media in programmatic and within e-commerce on websites and the journey to and from those websites as a customer. Um, I love the idea and the fact that brands and technology have to work in harmony today to deliver those experiences. I, I you know, it's, it's a challenge that we face, not just in terms of the technology, but also in terms of the users within client businesses and helping them get there. So I'm kind of interested in how you get people and technology to work hand in hand um, in, in the service of a great customer experience. Um, and I'm pretty excited to be within Vimo, where we help clients every day to create a great customer experience specifically within a website, but also in the journeys, as I said, around that website from a customer perspective. Um, I'm lucky in that I spent the last year doing an MSc in management of innovation. And um, it was amazing that the timing couldn't have been more perfect. Like we're talking about AI today and I managed to kind of pick a year where I sat in a lecture back in November 22 and our course leader kind of came in and said, has anyone seen this chat GPT thing? And you watched, you watched half the class kind of go, what is it? And then the other half go, fuck me, that's my dissertation sorted. And um, <laughs> I was fortunately in the latter. So I've spent the, spent the last kind of year doing a load of research into how people and generative AI can work hand in hand. And, and I think that's going to be the key challenge over the next three years because it's not just about the fact that generative AI exists it will be embedded in everything and it will grow in terms of sophistication, whether we like it or not. Uh, the challenge is simply to get humans working with it better, um, whether, mm. there are, whether there are users and our customers. That's kind of me. Oh, from a, do you want me to go talk about family and favorite film? Yeah, for sure. My favorite color is orange. Uh, my favorite film this year is um, probably Oppenheimer, or at least the first half of it. I think it was too long. Um, I liked the bit up until the bomb explodes and it was kind of a bit bored by the bit after that, but I'm shallow like that. Um, and then uh, family, I have two kids, uh, both nearly teenagers. Well, one is a teenager, one isn't. Both of them, I'm kind of interested to talk to PJ's wife, actually. Both of them are autistic. One of them is both flavors of ADHD. So that kind of brings with it a a unique set of challenges in getting people to school and getting people to survive school because school really isn't designed for that kind of thing. So I'm also, I have grown to be incredibly passionate about inclusivity, particularly in education and in work. 
because I'm lucky enough to work in places where people are hugely diverse in their sort of neuro um, makeup, uh, but have to work with schools which are not diverse in terms of the way they want people to work. And that's, that's been a bit of a challenge. So yeah, that's me. Thank you, Adam. So yeah, I'm kind of stopping myself to n- not to make a li- lifestyle podcast out of that conversation because I have I have so many things to say. But uh, no, we'll um, we'll move uh, to our conversation and. Um, actually, let's go right in. Um, the uh, the first uh, question I have is the following: Why we call it generative AI? Th- that's the first part of the question. And then I think all of us had this moment when we just um, got access to ChatGPT. We kind of wrote a prompt or a question there. And got an answer, which in most, <laughs> on the surface level at least, sounds like very reasonable and intelligent answer. And it felt like magic, uh, at least for me, and I think for a lot of people I know as well. So um, maybe you can elaborate a little bit on why that is and um, why those um, those at least first interactions might feel like magic and why this is first time we feel like that when interacting with um, AI tools, even though AI tools been on the market long before. Um, So, yeah. And for that question, uh, Adam, uh, I think we might want to start with you and PJ. We go to you next. Okay. So, Firstly, what is generative AI? It's it's the latest wave of artificial intelligence innovation. Like, and these artificial intelligence was first developed back in the fifties, and we've had wave after wave after wave of development and innovation S curves that have happened over that time. And those developments have been fueled by a number of different things: processing power, access to data accessibility to technology and funding. And up until this point, like most of it has happened within very specific industries or within education, academia and research, because that's where the funding has been. And that's where the big pieces of kit that you required to build AI existed. What's different about this one is that you can do it on your phone. So it basically means that half of the world pretty much has access to artificial intelligence for the first time. So because we've got access, everyone has access to it, it is way, way more popular. And therefore we have much greater levels of funding than anything else. And that, and that means that it's growing and progressing at a pace that is sort of relatively unheard of. Um, I wish I could remember some of the pithy stats that I've kind of trotted out at various points in this, but it's kind of, it's progressing at a pace like something like 10 times other uh, similar um, innovations over time. Um, and it feels a bit like magic because we're not used to seeing uh, answers given to us. We're used to having to search for stuff and to find the answer. And what AI does is, what generative AI does is it can give us an answer to something. 
it feels like it's intelligent because it is sorting through information and giving you a solution, which we're not really used to. But in reality, what it's doing is just analyzing vast amounts of data, doing that incredibly quickly and picking the next most logical thing, whether that is the next most logical word or the next most logical color of pixel in an image or the next most logical frame in a video these days. Like it's, that's all it is doing. So it's not intelligent, but it feels like magic because it's giving you an answer. And so what you're doing is watching creation happen for the first time by something that a human being or an animal. And that's what's both magical and a little bit scary for a lot of people because they wonder where that's going. PJ, what do you think? Yeah, I, um, on, the, on the magical question, I think I'm still like, I'm old enough to, to um, I mean, I still think like speak, speech to text is, is pretty awesome. Um, um, uh, this is still where I am. Like my level of amazement is, is how, how, the, how on earth can Ziri uh, recognize my voice from across the house and, and, and uh, differentiate my voice from my kid's voice, from my wife's voice, or from a, from a stranger's voice. And, and how on earth can Siri be so fast? And, and, uh, how on earth does, does, you know, Siri switch from, from doing calculus to play music to, to tell jokes? Uh, uh, t- to me, that's still like magical, but maybe I'm just old. My kids, they, 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 think obviously that Siri sucks and Alexa sucks and why why isn't it better than this and and we have these debates I have to like go back to engineering school and like listen this is like sound waves and microphones and chips and GPUs and CPUs and there's a ton of code um, in in play here and and uh, it's pretty magical from an engineer perspective um, and then you kind of explain that this thing fits in a in a watch that has batteries that will run for eight hours or more so I, I think it's crazy crazy magical uh, what we're seeing now and I still haven't come to terms t- with, with, with it. I, I, I still like, it's too good to be true because it's cheap. It's like 20 bucks a month to, to um, have like unlimited access to, to chat GPT. And then the, some of the other tools are, are free, like Gemini, or I'm, I'm, I'm sure we paid for, for, for the Vimo account, but or through the Vimo account. But it is, it is, it is super weird for me to, to be able to interact with, with some, something that's also, that, that almost is consciousness, uh, is conscious. Uh, it's, it is, I, I, I think it's absolutely intelligent and I think it's almost, feels almost alive at times. So I think it's, it's crazy magical. My, uh, if you ask my kids, they're like, ah, they're upset because it's slow. You have to wait a few seconds and, and, and chat GPT kind of writes out uh, annoyingly, annoyingly slow uh, uh, replies how amazing doesn't matter how amazing they are it's just my kids are annoyed over how slow it is um but it, it is it is it is i mean you're talking to to a machine and, and um and it's it's uh, talking to, to something with with uh, that is almost conscious it's pretty pretty damn cool 